we are back with another episode of the Hockey Princess Podcast. I'm your host, the Hockey Princess. We got Crest, the old guy here. Uh, just as a reminder, make sure to hit that like and subscribe on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. However, you listen to us ramble on a weekly basis. Um, if you have any questions, comments, you want to be on an episode, make sure to reach out to us via Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, email. We're on everything. Facebook, we're on everything. Um, also, just a gentle reminder, you know, please wait for the whistle for any hockey game that you go to, be it NHL, AHL, juniors, your cousin's high school game. Just, just wait. The bathrooms will still be there. The food will still be there. The overpriced beer will still be there unless it's your cousin's high school game. Then the beer is not there in the first place. Um, but just please wait for the whistle. All right. Yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> um, on, in NHL scope, uh, Hurdle from the San Jose Sharks is out basically for the rest of the season with knee surgery, um, kind of consulted his doctors over the all-star break to my understanding and that this is the best time um, to give the San Jose Sharks the best opportunity to get Macklin Celebrini, so he's going to have knee surgery now. Why, yes. <laughs> well, no sense, you know, sticking it out this year. So. Right. You know, they're, they're, they're seeing how bad the Blackhawks are doing, and they're like, we got to find a way to one-up them because um, they want Macklin Celebrini too. Yes, they do. Um, that happened this week. Then we have a little situation of, I think his name is, Between Ottawa and Toronto, uh, there was a game this past week, and I feel like most Canadian versus Canadian teams, the games get somewhat heated. Um, Just in general, you know, it's a little bit more, I don't even want to say competitive, not on like a talent scale necessarily, but just like there's a lot more at stake. Yes, and they're usually extra nasty. you know, I, I can't remember if this was a Saturday game or not, but, uh, you know, Hockey Night in Canada is like 10 times as popular as like Monday Night Football used to be back over here. It's just so it's a big, important meeting for when um, Canadian teams play each other, and it usually gets a little nastier. And it got a little nasty um, between Ottawa and Toronto. I believe his name is Ridley. He's the Ottawa player. Um, you know, Toronto had an empty net. Ottawa guys got the puck on the breakaway empty net. Um, he takes a second and slap shots it into the net. Um, you know, and then Morgan Riley decides to basically cross check this man in the in the back of the head with the stick. Um, after the buzzer had already went, the cross check. The goal happened with four seconds left to go. So it's not like he shot it in, into an empty net after the game was already done. Um, there were a lot of people on either side of it saying, you know, Ottawa was in the right, Toronto was in the right, either or. The thing that for me was I really didn't appreciate Sheldon how Sheldon Keefe reacted to the situation. For those who don't know, Sheldon Keefe is the head coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Um, he basically, he was just a little, like he was very angry about it. And I'm like, why? Your team was losing. It's, you know, if you don't want a guy to slap shot into the empty net, don't give him a reason for there to be an empty net in the first place, Sheldon. Um, and basically said that, you know, Morgan Riley was well within his right to do that. I don't care what the situation is. I, I don't think there's any situation that warrants cross-checking to the back of the head. There is none. It and just none. seems like a very coward approach, which I'm going to make a slight dig, seems very Toronto of them. Um, it just seems like a very coward approach to deal with their frustrations you know, if you're angry with what somebody did, face them head on. It's not really fair and can be extremely harmful. Uh, 
I know we saw it earlier on with Colton Dock. Um, it, I mean, that can that can lead to you know a serious situation. Yes, and uh, you know, dropping the gloves and just going after him might lead to a serious situation, also. But um, after a punch or two, the guy is going to get a be able to defend himself a little bit. Right. Um, I've always had my opinion way out in front when we discussed the the uh, Colton Dock incident. I said the same thing. I will say the same thing again. I would have given him at least 20 games. He got five. There is no place for that kind of stick work in the game anymore. No. Just there's there's no place for it. That meathead mentality can go away. So basically what Sheldon Keefe was saying is this underwritten rule that you can't do the slap shot, it's showing up the other team. Okay, okay, Sheldon. There was also an underwritten rule after you were up by three goals, your number one power play unit isn't out on the ice. So next time you put your number one out on the ice, you're okay with some other meathead coming and killing Marner in the back of the head with a cross check. You'd be okay yeah. with that. Of course you wouldn't. I understand wanting to find to find your your guy, but you shut the fuck up. Um, well, he could have really hurt this kid. Yeah. Oh no. That's, I'm in. I'm in full agreement. It's 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 a wicked cross check with the stick to the head. There's just no need for it. Again, number one, you don't want a team to score on your empty net. Then stop them. Stay in front. Do whatever. Don't pull your goaltender. Yeah. So I, I I don't get any of it. I I love the violence in the game. I like the hitting. I like the meathead mentality. I'm fine with just about all of it. They've taken away that mid-ice hit where nobody sees anybody coming, which can really do damage. That's Unless you're good. Jacob Truba, and then you can do it. But anything else, hey, drop your gloves and go after them. I don't care if you jump them even. Yeah. Fine, do that, but don't use the stick. The stick is, is where I have the hugest problem. Yeah, I, just, I don't like most things from behind. You have an issue with somebody, just drop the gloves or, you know, drop the gloves with somebody else on the team sort of situation. I just right. don't like – that's where not, it just gets scary. Right. And Sheldon Keith, in his usual buffoonery, with, like, I think it was two or three seconds left on the ice, was then going to man up and sending Ryan Reeves out to take the face off before the officials just stepped in and said, game over. <laughs> but if I'm on Ottawa – I rear back with my – I put my lowest fourth-round guy, I tell him to rear back with that stick, and I put it right into the mouth of Brian Reeves. I don't care about the face-off. I don't care about anything. I look to knock all his teeth out. So if, Going if, after if, Ryan Reeves and not Marner? Well, Ryan Reeves was sent out there because he was supposed to do that to somebody else and blah, 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 blah. Right. Ah. I don't understand it. I think it's petty. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I never played hockey. I didn't know this was such a huge thing. I don't think it really is. Um, I've heard from other players saying it is, so I'll believe them. But I just think there's just definitely, like – a constant complaint with people saying like, oh, NHL players don't have that much personality anymore. And then they show personality, like, right. you know, slap shotting into the empty net or, you know, watching Kuznetsov do what he does in a shootout situation. And then you're the, those are the first ones to hate on him. It's like, do you want them to have personality or do you not? And I also just find most of the Toronto Maple Leafs management 
slash players just a little hypocritical when it comes to these sorts of things. Like, this isn't the first time, you know, something like this has happened. And they're very all like, he was well within his right. But then if it was turned around, you're singing a different tune. (laughs) Yep. And again, the game's evolved. It's involved pretty huge. Get on board with it or don't. Right. Um, but, uh, you know, there'll be a response from Ottawa, I would assume, when they see Toronto next year. I've got to figure more. Morgan Riley knew exactly that he wasn't facing them again this year. And that gave him a little extra muscle. So, uh, again, it, it, it's cowardless. cowardness. It's cheap. Um, it's terrible that he only got five games, but hey, what can you do? It's the NHL. It's, it's a- and also a little explanation when it comes to, you know, situations like this with suspension. Um, usually about like the next day news will break that they either got like an over the phone hearing or via Zoom or an in-person hearing. If it's an in-person hearing, it's an automatic five games or more. If news breaks out that, you know, it's a phone call or a Zoom hearing situation, it's under five games, usually like one or two. Um, But in-person hearings always mean five plus. Yes. I believe he only got five, though. He only got five, but five is the minimum that you get for an in-person hearing. Yes. Yeah. And again, it's... It's a great sport that doesn't need to be that stupid. And it's a rough enough sport just on its own. So uh, I think I've, I've said my piece on it. We've talked enough about Toronto this week. <laughs> well, you can never talk enough about Toronto. They're going all the way this year. Yeah, all the way to the first round. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, so next little NHL rumor as we approach, we're not actually, we're not at the trade deadline yet, but, you know, we're getting closer and closer and closer. Um, Trade deadline 101, you know, there's a date usually end of February that, you know, all of the NHL trades have to be done by, you know, 3 o'clock on February 25th, per se. I'm just pulling out a number. A lot typically most teams will either wait till like the day before or like that day and there's usually some movement that day. Kinda like how there's usually a ton of movement on draft day or like draft weekend. Um but once the trade deadline hits, rosters are ba- are not able to, you know, make any trades basically until the off season. So it's kind of everybody Either, you know, if you're not in playoff contention, dumping people to get draft picks, or you're making the extra pushes, trying to make get the extra pieces, if you're, you know, dancing around that first or second wild card spot, or, you know, if you're locked in, maybe you look around and see if there's any, like, cheap key addition that you can make, but most of the teams that are, you know, Locked at number one and number two, stay pretty quiet for during the trade deadline. Yes, and your trade deadline is March eighth. Oh, March eighth. Mm-hmm. Cool. And um, post the old guy's opinion. I don't waste a lot of time on wingers if I'm looking for people. The only teams that I've seen that have improved themselves is people who grab depth defensemen or centermen. Interesting. Um. Well, speaking of a winger, um, there are rumors that, you know, Vladimir Tarasenko is open to staying in Ottawa um, as they get closer and closer to the trade deadline. There's rumblings that, you know, he would like to sign another contract with Ottawa. He would like to stay. Um, Who knows if it happens? Who knows if it doesn't? I'm on the side where I don't think it will happen just because I think, you know, Ottawa's either going to look at the trade deadline or at the off season and they've got to really look at, you know, something's not working. As crusty old guy likes to say, they do have pieces. They do have, it is a young team and there is talent in the team. 
objectively, opinions aside, <laughs> um, but still something's not working. You know, a young, talented team should not be rocking number seventh in the standings. Something's got to change. Well, yes, but, you know, ideally you just have that change at, at, at the goaltender position. And, I think uh, it's more than goaltending. Well, that's, again, our difference in opinion. They've got a young team. They've got a lot of good pieces that can do a lot of different things. So I don't really think so. I think as far as Tarasenko, he had a rough go in free agency last year. And I think it was eye-opening to him. And now he's 32 years old. If he can get a four-year contract from anybody, he's taking it. I think, I mean, but also to be fair, you know, he had a rough time during free agency because he was very particular on what he wanted and what he didn't. He didn't sit there at free agency and say, I will happily go to any of the 32 teams in the NHL. He fired his agent and basically said he was only going to like three or four teams. Well, and he found out that that was stupid. Right. So I'm not saying that, you know, he had a hard free agency, but because he, he did was, Because he was stupid. Yeah. Um, again, this is your livelihood. Um, the main thing in all of this is to make money. <laughs> so uh, he overvalued himself. And so that's just kind of the way it is now. And with his age, so... Again, I think there's the possibility that Ottawa would be open to signing him for like four years, but I would be buyer beware on him. Um, I have a bad feeling, and I, I'm a guy who used to love the tank, um, so yeah. I, I, I like his game, but it's, it's gone off a little bit, and I really believe whoever he signs with, once that contract's done, I think uh, most of his effort might be done. So, again, maybe he'll be wrong. Interesting. Um, do you have anything else on the NHL world? I don't believe so. We got uh, if we're really bored next week, we can we can talk about the news that's coming out about the uh, NHL and the. Uh, the three junior leagues, but we can tease that and maybe talk about it next week. You're not going to be here next week. Well, am I fired? No, we have a different special guest. And Krusty Old Guy will be on assignment in North Carolina. Yes, yes he will. He's going to watch the the streak continue. (laughs) And do some golfing with his cousin. Absolutely. All right, then let's jump into some prospect stuff. Um, coming back, starting off with, coming out from a broken femur injury, you know, our favorite kid, Sam Savoie, is averaging about a point a game, um, which is excellent. Uh, two goals and three assists in the last five games since he's been back from injury. Um I mean, that's just a great stat to have in general, but coming back from that nasty of an injury, you love to see it. Um, Consistently getting second-line minutes. Um, He's fitting in nicely with the new team. He's definitely one of their, you know, edgier, agitator players, which is, you know, why they traded for him. Makes perfect sense. Um, But he's killing it up in the middle of nowhere in Quebec. Um, uh, one that we haven't talked about for a minute, Martin Misiak with one goal and one assist last week. You know, some people say that, you know, since he got demoted to the third line and playing way less minutes, you know, that lit a fire under him. I'm saying don't judge the kid right now. He plays for a really bad junior team. Um, the points and like, his points right now, I don't think accurately reflect his skill set with 
the team that he's on. So I'm giving Messiak a complete break, but it's nice to see that he got a couple of points last week. Yeah, and um, that's always one thing to be thinking about when you're we're talking about junior numbers, especially this time of year when there's a good gap in between good teams and bad teams. Yeah. And there's a lot of uh, uh, point padding, as we like to say in the biz. Oh, absolutely. Um, and then another fan favorite, our Gavin Hayes, has been tearing it up for the Greyhounds since he was traded. Uh, one assist last week and one goal so far as of tonight. Um, he scored right before Krusty Old Guy and I started recording. They were playing the Sudbury Wolves. Um, and then Krusty Old Guy's favorite, also tearing it up tonight, Paul Ludwinski of the Kingston Frontenacs with already a goal and an assist so far this evening. The Care Bears? Happy Bear with another goal? Not yeah. Happy Bear. <laughs> Um, also, one assist for the NASCAR last weekend. You know, we'd like to see a little bit more, but to be fair, Michigan got smoked by Michigan State as a whole. Um, because for those who don't know, Michigan State's a really good team this year. Really, really good. Um, so it's a hard loss for them to swallow, but they'll be fine. Yeah. And uh, that's the only uh, thing I have left from NASCAR is uh, they'll make the Frozen Four tourney. So that means they're going to play a couple hard games. I want to see him shine when he's up against good competition. I already know that he's a bum slayer. I already know against bad teams he can light it up. I need to see a little bit more against good quality. So I'm hoping for that out of uh, our guy NASCAR in the uh, tourney. I definitely think they will, especially, I mean, NASCAR has been playing top uh, first line center for the past couple of weeks. Um, You know, he's been with McGroarty and Brindley. And one big thing that I've seen consistently, I'd probably say since they got back from World Juniors, is that you know he might he's not the one scoring the goals all the time, but he's the like the absolute second they get into the offensive end, he's the one setting it up for McGrady and Brindley. He's setting up the play completely. And I and I'm fine with that. If he's just the play driver and doesn't get the points from it, that's fine by me. But yeah, I, I, I want to see that against more talent. No, that makes perfect sense. But I just wanted to tell our listeners that, you know, it's not going to – he's – I mean, we never know. But he's not, as of right now, the consistent, like, you know, three goals a weekend sort of thing. But he's setting up McGroarty every time who's getting the three goals a weekend. All right. He's the one that's, you know, he has the puck. He's doing the wraparound. He passes it to McGroarty who's standing right in front of the net for the goal. Yep. And that's been just a consistent thing, whether it goes in or not, good good versus good or bad teams. Gotcha. He's the one attempting to set up everything, which I like to see, um, because for those who don't know, we really need one of those. Somebody needs to set it up and pass it to Connor. Well, we, we, need, a, we need a lot of everything. Folks. I know, but, you know, one of those would be great. Yes, please. Uh, two assists for Oliver Moore last weekend, um, which is great. I also – do we know Minnesota's also going to Frozen Four, right? I would assume so, yes. That I would also follow with, you know, how you said that you'd like to see NASCAR play against some top teams. I think I'm excited. It'll be interesting to see more as well, um, just because I know everybody says, you know, the kids got wheels. The shot's great. I want to see the kid have wheels against other highly skilled uh, players. I hear you. And then a goal for our favorite future Chicago Blackhawk. I say give it another month and this kid's up here. 
Landon Slaggard. I wonder what number he'll take, though. I do not know. Because he was 19 in Notre Dame, and we can't have that. No. Um, so that is a wrap-up for prospects. Also, just a little a sprinkle of information, because um, now we're talking about the Frozen Four tournament. It's essentially college hockey playoffs. Um, it'll start end of March. There'll be 16 teams. Uh, six teams will have won their conferences, and then the rest are picked by people who I hope that are impartial and not just pe- a bunch of people who went to Boston. Okay. Um, <laughs> so that will all happen. And then the, you know, the top teams, the Frozen Four, uh, will play at the XL Energy Center in Minnesota. These games are always fun to watch. Um, some of them are a bit of a blowout. Um, I definitely saw Michigan last year. I forget if they played Colgate or St. Cloud. I want to say it was Colgate because uh, I want to give Bassey some credit. Uh, it was like 11 to nothing. So some of them will be blowouts. Some of them should be pretty entertaining. But like I said, that'll be at the end of March. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's a good, it's a good little tourney to watch. It'll, it'll definitely be fun. So, all right. That is all we have on prospects. Unless, Chris, you guy, do you have anything? Um, am I supposed to get a jersey? Did all of our listeners get back, or is that still in limbo? It was unanimous. Yes. Unanimous. All right, well, unfortunately, we're going to have to wait on that for a little bit. And, um, you know, if anybody wants to get inside Krusty Old Guy's world a little bit, I'll give, I'm going to give it to you right now. Um, it's been a long hockey year, so Krusty Old Guy likes his music, too, but... I just found out, you know, my peeps from Vile are coming back to the beat kitchen, so I had to get tickets. Um, I have never been to the Salt Shed, and uh, one of my favorite performers where I've gotten into big time in the last five years is Marcus King. So I had to get tickets for that at the Salt Shed. I just, so financially, we might have to wait another month on that there here jersey. And also I found out that PMBG will be touring again, so I had to get a ticket for some Milwaukee shows, and for those of your listeners who don't know what PMBG is, then I'll just tell them they need to build a birdhouse in their soul. But so, you know, financially, we might have to wait a a month, but if your listeners are telling me to get it, I'll, uh, I'll attempt to do that before the season ends. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, it was very unanimous, enthusiastic that you should get a Ludwinski jersey. But uh, nobody did a GoFundMe for it, did they? No. All right, just checking. <laughs> All right. We got some Rockford stuff. Uh, so Chris, the old guy, and I took a journey to Rockford. Um, this weekend, it was the Corey Crawford. Oh, my God. What? Did you actually just do that? What? Because we took the Dodge journey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so funny. Oh, wow, that was awesome. <laughs> wow. You are pretty funny. Oh, sorry. Sorry for interrupting, but that really caught me. Because we did take the journey. Yeah. Oh, oh gosh. All right, sorry. I just slowed this whole thing to a halt, but it's really entertained me and made me giggle. All right, all right. Well, we took a journey um, <laughs> out to Rockford. It was the Corey Crawford uh, Ring of Ceremony or Ring of Honor ceremony, as well as Jersey retirement. He is now officially the only person in the Rockford organization to have his number retired. That will be number twenty-nine. Um, it was it was awesome, and they played the Chicago Wolves, which I always love those games because there's quite a rivalry and they get pretty physical and quite angry with each other very quickly. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, some, do you have any thoughts on the pre-show, Crest Yoga or seeing Crow back? It was really um, nice. Yeah, the ceremony, no, he walked right past us as we were um, going to our seat with his family and um, 
no, he looks in a really good space. He seemed he was having a ball with his kids. I think it was all great to see. I thought they did a really good job with it. Um, it was a nice ceremony. And, uh, again, I have a feeling this is the way most teams are going to go about business now. They basically have a ceremony, and then the team comes out for warm-ups, where before it always used to be they'd, like, warm up, and then you would have this ceremony, and then the game wouldn't start for 15, 20 minutes at least down the line. So, no, mm. I thought it was all well done. Nice. I also agree. Ceremony was really nice. It was good to see Crow again. It was also just nice to see footage of when we weren't so bad. That is true. <laughs> Made me nostalgic for the days when, you know, I'd see Crow and Nut and feel safe. Um, otherwise, game was pretty good. It was very exciting, fast-paced. It was the return of Colton Doc, which I was not expecting. Um, got a little emotional, not going to lie. Um, I was very excited to see him. Jackson Stauber was a net. I thought he played great. Um, wished we got to see Camesso, but, you know, Colton Dock came back, so I'm okay with it in general. Uh, two goals, both by Mike Hardman, who I would really hope, in a perfect world, I know Krusty Old Guy is going to say it's not going to happen, but in a perfect world, you know, somebody get somebody gets, you know, shipped away to, like, Arizona or Buffalo at the trade deadline. I'm looking at you, Ryan Donato or Tyler Johnson or Taylor Radish. Um, you know, I'd like Mike Hartman to get a game or two. You know, I know he's not projected to be a part of the long game for the Chicago Blackhawks, but I like his game. I think he's been in Rockford long enough that the guy at least deserves a game or two. I'm completely with you. I have no problem with Ryan Hartman coming up and taking Taylor Radish's uh, ice time. I have no problem with that whatsoever. So I believe uh, Tyler Johnson will be traded. The only way he's not traded is if KD decides he's going to put his ego first. And, you know, if it's a fourth rounder, he's just not going to do that. I think it would be well off for this team to just get rid of them and, like you said, bring up a hard or something like that. I do understand the reasoning also for leaving him down there. I believe the Hogs are still like five points out of a playoff spot. So, you know, they need to do some work because it would be nice for them to get some playoff games too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um but, yeah, so two goals by him. Um, thought Doc looked good for his first game back. Not great, but I definitely think it's going to take a couple of games for him to get back into the swing of things. Um, you know, coming back from concussion protocol, especially from a gnarly hit like that, you know, it doesn't get fixed overnight. Um, so I thought he looked good for his first game back. Uh, I was really excited to see Rolston and Lu- Jalen Lupin because those are definitely two of my favorite guys to watch when I watch on TV. Um, I didn't think Rolston looked great. Um, I think Rolston's got wheels. He's a very, very fast guy. And, you know, I just don't think that his strengths were highlighted with this game because the Chicago Wolves, they're not a fast team. They're a big and Burley beat you into the board sort of a team. Um, I think he definitely, you know, excels well against, you know, games versus Texas or Grand Rapids that have a little bit more speed in the lineup that, you know, he's chasing a little bit of faster skaters. Um, But against really, really physical ones, he doesn't look great because he's also not that big of a guy. Um, So overall, I thought he looked fine. Lupin, I consistently really like his game. Um, I don't think it's a glamorous game, which is why I don't think he gets, you know, that much of notoriety. Um, But he's a very skilled defensive forward. I think he looks great on the penalty kill. Um, Like I said, it's not a glamorous 
role that he's taken on in Rockford, but I think he really excels at the position that he's in right now, and mm-hmm. he just keeps getting better and better. I can dig it. Um, also, we got to see our favorite dynamic duo, um, and yeah. I will, I'll let Chris, the old guy, have his moment. Ethan DeMastro did not play on his dominant side. <laughs> but uh, he looked uh, he looked really good. Um, was very imp- impressed by EDM's game. Um, he shot the puck an awful lot. Um, and it looks like in that pairing, um, Allen defers a little bit to him. And what I mean by that is basically uh, EDM's more of the offensive threat there. And uh, Allen is doing his job to make sure he's not beaten, you know, back the other way on the ice. So, but, uh, yeah, I was really impressed with both of them. I, uh, yeah, I like that combo. Like that combo. Big fan of the combo. Um, also a big fan of the combo just because, like, you know this watching the guy, but I think it's one difference to, like, watch him on TV and see him in person. The kid's massive. Yeah, like he's not a he's not nearly as tall as like Vlasic or Crevier, but he's he's a solid dude. Um, where Allen's a little bit on the smaller side, not completely. He's not like a Rocco Grimaldi situation, but he's definitely on the smaller side. Um, so I think in that sense, it also works nicely. Um, to have one dude that's definitely just a bit bigger and has a bigger presence. Um, but yeah, really like the pairing. Hope the pairing stays when they're up in Chicago. Yeah, um, yeah, EDM is also that. He's he's just a little bit more thick. Where uh, I thought that was a good comparison you made. You know, like for Vlasic or stuff like that. Vlasic isn't what you consider thick. I mean, he's a big guy because he's so tall and he uses his reach. And if he needs to get physical, he has that. Or Ethan, you know, physical is part of his game. Yeah. Um, so it's nice. And, yeah, I don't think – I believe Nolan Allen's like 6'2", so, you know, he's a little bit smaller, but he's still not – He's, he's not, not like, a, like, super small by any means. Right. He He's not. So, um, yeah, it's a good combo. Um, for those in the world who are screaming for, you know, people to hit people more. He's your guy. Those two will be your guys. Um, they'll both take their shots. Damastro does have the ability to really blow people up, though. He can uh, he can pick his spots and really do some damage. So I understand that in your defensive core you need a little bit of everything, and I don't believe the pickle's going to be giving you that. Which is fine because he gives us oh. plenty of other stuff. Yes, fine by me. I'm letting you know that there's people in Rockford coming that will whet your appetite for that. Yeah. Who else on the roster? Um, not to be a complete downer, um, but I think we do need to talk about it. You know, there was a lot of Wyatt Kaiser and not in the good sense. Um, I definitely think he has regressed a bit. Um, but I also just don't think he really should have started off in Chicago. Um, I don't think that was a solid choice by KD. I know it was an easy choice to do in the PR and fluff sense. You know, you've got Kevin, you've got Kaiser. Look, look at all these young rookies. Look at all these young defensemen that have done so well. They need time. There's a reason Isaac Phillips looks solid, and there's a reason Vlasic looks solid, and it's because they did their time in Rockford. Yeah, um, you know, I'm I'm under the I'm hoping that it's more or less, you know, I kind of caught him on a little bit of an off night. Um, but yeah, he it wasn't his best show best showing when we were there. So again, he's going to get plenty of time to play um, with his wheels. And his kind of aggressiveness, if he's able to handle the physical end of it, he's another nice piece. I'm not saying a top four, but but another piece that can do, you know, different things for you. But 
Not ready yet. No, not ready yet. Not ready yet. And I don't, and I, and that's not a bad, like, I don't mean it to come off as, like, in such of a bad sense that, you know, he's not ready yet. It's fine that he's not ready yet. It makes sense that he's not ready yet. Shouldn't have started up in Chicago. Um, Should have been Isaacs and not Wyatt. But I don't know. Just from what I've seen in Rockford, like, everybody speaks of the wheels that this kid has. And sometimes I just think we're watching some different games. That's always possible. Many people told me I watch completely different hockey games. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. I'm just like, yeah. Or maybe I think I just see other pieces, and it's probably because they are, they, you know, have been developing longer, that I'm like, yes, but, you know, they shouldn't be jumping over this person for a spot because, you know, person X is way further along with those same sets of skills. Yeah, and this time it's, it's going to be a weird one because, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's going to get crowded there. And, uh, oh, well, you know. Uh, Especially when we pick up the Lashuno kid. Yeah, that would be very nice. Uh, I'd like that. It'd so be much. absolutely excellent. You know, you got Seth and Vlasic. You got, and these are not like in the exact order, but then you got like EDM and Allen, and then you got Lashuno and Core. Yeah. It'd be cool. It would be. And then you've got, I feel like if they take Lashuno, a lot of pressure comes off of Renzel as well. Yeah. Which, I like for the kid because I do like the guy, but I definitely think he's going to take a bit longer than some people realize or expect him to. Yeah, he's um he's a project, but he's uh you know he's moved up the death chart nicely at the U. So uh you know uh be beware. Um, oh, absolutely, and. I, all I hope for is for any of these kids to exceed whatever I'm saying right now. But I definitely think, you know, picking up Lushuno, it doesn't, not everything then falls on Renzel's shoulders in terms of, you know, I've got to hurry up and develop sort of a thing. Yeah. And again, um, as far as though before, we, we won't talk too much draft. So, but the Lushuno kid, he checks a lot of boxes for me. It just it's that simple. He checks a lot of boxes, so he's and awesome. You'll always you'll always hear can never have enough defensemen. Can never have enough defensemen. So again, can never have enough of over six foot two right handed defensemen. Right. And um so soon you'll be able to completely develop the way you want to where they spend maybe their first three years in Rockford. And maybe they deserve a shot, but there's no room. That's the way good hockey programs work. So uh, let's hope we get there. Yeah. Um, second game, uh, last night's game, Rockford played Texas Stars, which is usually one of my favorite matchups to watch, um, just because Texas, I believe, is at the top of the division right now. Um, the Texas Stars, if you want to talk about an organization that's set up right, and I know I've said it before, the Texas Stars are stacked, absolutely stacked from top to bottom. They're usually they're a very just exciting team to watch, um, and Rockford usually steps up a little bit more than they typically do when they play Texas. They Texas scores a lot. They're fast. They're physical. They're they don't take a shift off. Um, that was not necessarily the case from last night's game. Uh, I believe, you know, Rockford's riding the momentum from Saturday's win. Texas is in a little bit of, slump, of a slump right now. The confidence is shaking a little bit. So those two met, and Rockford came out the champion, thanks to one of our favorite defensemen, Ethan DeMastro. But I will say, you know, uh, Camasso was a net. 
Texas starts very early on within the first like five minutes or so, Texas is up two to nothing. So Rockford did great, you know, coming back, fighting for the rest of the game to push it into overtime. But, you know, Texas, they really are very good at setting the tone very early on. Um, they just struggled to keep the tone. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, that's usually not what the Texas Stars Rockford games look like, but we win, so that's okay. Yep. Any other Rockford comments? So I think we went over Rockford nicely. All right. So we got two Blackhawk games to talk about. I Preview, we, we lost both of them. We did? Oh, I thought we had we... three games to talk about. Three. Oh, right. Yes. Three. Okay. So... Sorry. Sorry, All right. Sorry, Princess. First but... one, against Minnesota, our basically 9 p.m. start, which you knew it was already going to be a mess. Um, played Minnesota. We finally got a goal. Um, it was, you know, kind of fun, thanks to Jared Tenority. Um, who got my third star. You know, third star goes to Tenority. Second goes to Boris, because at least he was out there trying. And number one to Alex Vlasic, because when everything else fails on the roster, there's Alex Vlasic there, still tearing it up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that one was a rough one. It basically didn't start till almost nine, which is just ridiculous. Uh, thank God I'm unemployed and don't have a job. Uh, <laughs> which is why you need a GoFundMe to get your jersey. <laughs> uh, I do not. So your listeners do not start a GoFundMe. There are much more important things to be done in this world. So, um but, uh, no, this was another uh, not very good game. Um, you know, I think we had a couple other people joining with us laughing at times because it's just – it became comical. Um, it was just – yeah. I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, it's not I thought, what it's uh, not. I thought Core was, you know, is starting to look better in his own den. Um really starting to enjoy some of it. He's still the good, the bad, bad and the ugly, but um, I believe his game has improved in his own end, which is good, which is good. And, uh, you know, the only other thing from that game was, was that Tenorti who fought Felino? Yes. And I had never seen it before, but basically the whole Minnesota Wild team one by one, skated over and had to give him a stick tap. And the people who didn't do it before play started, the next break of action went over and gave him a stick tap, which I, I've never seen before for an average fight. And it was an average fight. I don't know if that's a team bonding thing the Wild do or what, but I had never seen that before. So that really was very weird. Yeah, I, I, as as I yelled out, I was I was waiting for the coach to skate on over there also, and then the assistant coaches, then the trainers. I I don't know why every player felt the need for that fight to do that. Yeah, I, it was weird. I've witnessed incredible sticking up for a teammate fights and incredible bouts, and this was neither. No. So I, but. Yeah, it was just uh, it was something weird that I noticed at the game. It was a very weird game. Yes. And uh yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of greatness involved in it. But, you know. No, but I I will say, you know, to the individuals that to the Minnesota fans that really like to say that your homeboy should be winning the Calder this year, Connor Bedard has not played since the beginning of the year and he's still leading points. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, tied. he isn't? They're tied. They're tied. Yeah. For, yeah. With the homeboy? Yeah, with the homeboy. All and, right. 
And I'll 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 stop you there. He's no Connor Bernard, but my goodness, that guy's a good hockey player. Oh, I really that didn't know that. That that favorite is a very good hockey defenseman. He he was impressive. Now that you mentioned his name, that's the other thing I could say. He 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 impressed me. He uh he gets the game completely. I think um, I was Frank. too busy watching Krill the Thrill. Huh? I think no. I was too busy watching Krill the yeah. Thrill. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's a he's a hockey player. I like I like his game. So. All right. Still, they are tied. Yeah, this they team hasn't tied. played for six weeks. Um, get ready, because Connor Bedard will be back next week, and he's going to take that Calder right from you, Brock. Yes, he he will. So that's just you know, what can you do? You kind of came out, you know, you know, in a time when, you know, he came out with the wrong kid in front of you. <clears throat> so that's all I got on the game. All right, you want to talk about the Ranger game? Why not? You gonna talk about it? You want me to talk about it? You're gonna talk about it. I wasn't there. Why not? Ooh, Ranger game. Yeah, it was a good time. Um, you know they uh they were down three to one and came back and tied it into the third when you really didn't think they were going to. Um, the Rangers let them hang around just long enough. Um, they scored two greasy goals at the end of the game. Uh, first game all year when they pulled the goaltender and they scored. Wild. So, yes, very wild. Uh, you know, I've got in my little bit of notes here, you know, again, I, I felt good for the guys. Um, you know, <laughs> It's got to be miserable losing all the time. So even getting a point, and uh, you know, it's got to be better. And again, I've got I've got a, another note about 55, just looking better at his own end. And um, as most of your listeners know, and as you know, I'm not the hugest Korchinski fan. Um, so I'm I'm pretty stickly when I I'm going to be giving him his props, as you all know, and. Uh, you know, that's another one where he looked good in his own end again. So, um, you know, besides that, they were outmatched. But it's the Rangers. They don't have the kind of talent to match up with the Rangers. They right. they just don't. But, um, you know, you could tell they really wanted the point. After they tied it up, you know, Luke was – you knew the Rangers were going to come. Luke even took a timeout to settle everybody down and go, listen, Let's just protect this. Baby steps. Just get to overtime. And with a fragile team like we have, that, that was the best way to handle it. Yep. And they got to overtime, and there was a couple plays. You know, somebody falls and basically cuts out the deck. <laughs> no, cuts out the deck. You know, it kind of takes out Dickinson, and they have, you know, a three and two back the other way, and there's nothing Morazic could do. Um, no. Could have been called, could have not been called. That, that's just kind of overtime hockey, you know. It is what it is. No, so. it's not. All right, and then we're going to talk about the disappointing game that is the Vancouver game real quick before we wrap up. Okay. Um, in short, listeners, nothing good happened, really. Um we had one shot on goal for the first period. Um, we were going to have two, and then they took it away from us. So we had one. Um, first period looked god-awful. Yes, we are a very bad team. Yes, Vancouver is a very good team. Um, that's still probably one of the worst first periods I've seen all season with this bad team. Um, looks real, real bad. Uh, three stars for me personally. Third star goes to Isaac Phillips. Um, you know, I thought, you know, I didn't think that he was making a ton of stupid mistakes. Also preface with these three stars. Not really anybody on the roster deserved a star um, because it was very bad, but I'm still going to give three stars to people even with the bad game. So nobody had a great game really, but these are the ones that, I noticed 
you know, out of everyone. Uh, second goes to Philip Kurashev, because now more people must be listening to us because more people are catching on to the fact that Philip Kurashev deserves a hell of a lot more credit than anyone that is than anyone has been given him this season, last season, since he's been here. Um, the kid deserves way more credit. Uh, he's probably one of the only people with talent on the roster. He's been consistent. I just, he deserves so much more than what he's getting right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, there's not much you can do because nobody's getting anything when you're as bad as we are here. Right. Um, And first goes to Kevin Korchinski. Was the game not, was the game perfect? No, but the kids scored. So it was an easy one for me to give him the first star. And with that goal, we have a point for Mr. Lucas Reichel. Not that Luke Richardson actually cares about that because Lucas Reichel is getting healthy scratched for the game tomorrow, but he got a point. Um, Doesn't really matter because our head coach has decided to hate him. Can't wait to see Lucas Reichel in a Montreal Canadiens jersey in exchange for a first-round draft pick for, like, 2026. Maybe that's how we get uh, Connor Bedard's cousin. But anyway, um, rough beginning of the game. The score was 4-2 to two, um, with – Core got the second one. I'm blanking on who got the actual first goal. Uh, a little uh, Tyler Johnson scored the uh, first one on the power play. Oh, what a concept. That yeah. never happens. I will say, though, you know, with how bad that we are, that we have been, you know, the penalty kill still looks pretty dang good. So at least we have one thing going for us. Yeah. Yeah, we sure do. And, uh, uh, do you have any other comments on Vancouver? Yeah, I do. Well, number one, yeah, that first period was uh, bloody awful. Um, I heard uh, some assessed um, sound bites that I thought were pretty neat and pretty interesting where, you know, he was asked about if they knew that they still hadn't gotten a shot on goal. And Seth just came out and goes, oh, yeah, we knew. Trust me, we knew that the fans knew. And he goes, that's why I threw up that muffin top on the power play. I just wanted to get a shot on goal. So, and, um, you know, we gave them the big old bronze cheer when they finally got the shot on goal with about, you know, 30 seconds to go in the first period. As Um, we should. I'm a huge fan of giving the bronze cheer. So the players are aware. Seth took it from a spot of saying he doesn't blame us whatsoever. Um, He flat out just said it's just embarrassing. So, you know, if they could go and hide, uh, I'm sure he would. Um, You know, we had the – in my section, there's not a lot of people that go to most of the games. Uh, Most of our, like, hockey family, as we used to call it, from back in the old days has moved on. We've got a couple guys about six rows behind us, and they flat out said, they go, definitely the worst effort this year. And um, I couldn't disagree with it. The first yeah. period was bloody awful. Um, the knuckleheads make you work, and they figured, nah, they just weren't interested. So it was a, uh, it was yucky. It was yucky enough for uh, for Luke to call him out on. So that tells you something. Luke's been uh, pretty gentle about not criticizing too much, but uh, yeah, that was a rough one. Very very rough. Um, all right. So we're going to wrap up. Like I said, Krusty Old Guys will not be here next week. He'll be in Carolina. We will uh, have a different guest for next week, Um, probably answer a bit more questions in terms of our typical rundown and just questions about the stuff that we talk about on a weekly basis. And then Krusty Old Guy will be back. and then at the end of the month, I get to go see the cool Michigan State kit. So that will also be a bonus episode. Uh, just as a reminder, make sure to wait for whistle. Do not get up while the puck's in play. Do not try to go back to your seat and avoid the nice people who work at the United Center that have the stop sign. 
It's there for a reason. And it's so I don't chirp at you because I take way too much enjoyment in chirping. So if you walk past us, I will chirp. Um, I did it last night. It felt great. Uh, if you have any questions, comments, you want to be on an episode, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, all of the things. Send us a comment. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts, however you listen to us on a weekly basis. And that is all. We will talk at you guys next week.